This is episode number 229 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends. It's Jesse. I'm so excited to tell you that we will be reopening enrollment in middle of May to our two pregnancy and beyond group fitness coaching program. You can pop your name on the wait list now to be the first notified when we are officially accepting new members. Quick rundown for you to pregnancy and beyond is our online progressive monthly workout program for pregnancy, postpartum and parents who want to gain physical strength reduce body pain and pelvic floor symptoms and feel greater body confidence in their current body size in just two to three workouts per week. So into pregnancy and beyond, we are focused on using exercise and strength training in a really flexible, truly healthy way that is non-diet based, fat positive and inclusive to all body sizes. What's even more timely is that when we reopen enrollment in May, we'll be starting our eight-week postpartum return to running plan with some of our members who are feeling ready to get moving in that way. The run plan is done twice a week alongside our signature full body and pelvic floor aware strength training routines. This is not a running plan to do a five or 10K race. However, it is a plan to feel powerful and quick in your body with running and sprinting without fear or fussing about your pelvic floor. If running, strength training, or building your fitness muscles is on your radar for this spring or summer, we would love to have you join us into pregnancy and beyond. The waitlist is linked in the show notes of today's episode, and you can add your name to get all the details when they drop. Hey, everybody, welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Jesse. I'm jumping in really quick to let you know that this is a replay episode, one of our favorites here at the pod, and maybe you haven't got to it yet, or perhaps you want to take another listen in. We're getting close to Mother's Day here in Canada, and I believe the US and maybe some other parts of the world is happening this coming weekend. So this episode just popped into my mind as something that we would want to share with you all again, and really be thinking about not only this week and as we go into Mother's Day, but all of the time, and that is who's taking care of the moms. It's funny because when I scrolled back to this episode, we originally published it in February of 2020. So right before the world changed for us, for so many of us on such a dime, 
the next month. So in February, 2020, we were having this conversation sparked by an Instagram post from Toy Marie of who's taking care of the moms. If the moms are taking care of absolutely everyone and everything, if that is a pillar of the work that we do in mothering or the service of mothering, who takes care of the moms? So listen in on this episode. Let us know what you think, what thoughts might come up for you. You can DM us on Instagram at Two Birth and Beyond Podcast and let us know what does this episode bring up for you when you think about Mother's Day upcoming? What does that feel like for you and your own motherhood journey or within your family unit and just all the time? How are you searching for care for yourself? How are you accepting and asking for care for yourself too? Hey friends, welcome on to another episode of Two Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Today we are chatting about a question that was posed from a person who I follow on Instagram named Toy Marie. We'll link to Toy in the show notes. Highly recommend you go follow her. But that question is, who is taking care of the moms? Toy wrote a post on this probably at least a month, six weeks ago at this point, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. And it's not that we haven't been thinking about this question for literal years in our own life, but much longer than that in our businesses too, working with moms. But just the way that she said it and some of the things that she listed off after that question just really piqued my interest. I'm going to read that post for you right now. So here's what Toy said. Who is taking care of the moms? I think about this a lot, like a lot. Who's taking care of the mothers? Who's worrying about if we eat? Who's thinking about our rest? Who's concerned about our laughter? Who's trying to make sure we have free time? So many questions and not a lot of answers as I still navigate motherhood without a map or an instruction manual. I think that some of these questions in there about who's worrying about if we eat, who's thinking about our rest, who's concerned about our laughter, our free time, that stuff hit me in a way that I haven't really thought about in the past. So I just want to have a conversation with you, Anita, about this. I've been talking about this a lot with other moms and women in my life and with my clients and a lot of their reactions to it are really sad, honestly, just the way that these questions make many moms, including myself, feel. So let's talk about this critical thinking about motherhood, our relationship to motherhood, our experience of it, our relationship to mothering and to families and what moms mean to families. All right. So the first thing that I thought about when I was thinking about this was do I feel taken care of right now in my life? And the answer is largely no, not really. And that feels really sad. Randy and I had a conversation about this at 6 a.m. before he left for work one day. I was like, hey, do you feel taken care of? And he was like, what? <laughs> 
like that is a big question for 6 a.m before going into shift but he thought about it more and more and he was like I don't know if I feel taken care of either which I thought was also interesting so I was thinking more and more about when I feel taken care of if I largely don't feel taken care of in my general life when are the times that I do feel taken care of And second to that, when was the last time in my life that I really did feel taken care of? Does that exist in adulthood? Does that exist in mothering and motherhood? I have so many thoughts and so many questions about this. But first, for you, do you feel taken care of in your life? You know, it's interesting because I would say yes and no. That I think there are times where I do. And there's times where I don't. So I feel like it's not across the board. Um, And how you mentioned, you know, in adult life or motherhood, and I would say pre-kids, I felt more taken care of. And then once you add the kids into the equation, that is less. Yes. And I feel I have... um, that conversation with a lot of my expecting moms um, who are coming in, especially the first time moms, because I find that can be a big shock that in pregnancy, there's often, I mean, there's a lot of focus on you as the pregnant person um, and baby, but once that baby arrives, there is definitely a shift um, that it's very much on baby. And yes, baby is obviously very important, but I, but I tell them like, you are just as important. So, but it's tough. It is so tough. Yeah. And as you're saying that, this is what I was thinking too, that the last time in my life that I felt really taken care of was in my first pregnancy with Steel. And Randy and I were talking about this too. And just what a special time that really felt like. A good friend of ours him and his wife just found out that they are pregnant for the first time. And uh, I was just like, oh, the sweetness of how that felt for us. Like I wish that upon them so deeply because I felt so taken care of during that time. It was just Randy and I, it's our first pregnancy. It was so exciting. We wanted to get pregnant. We were trying to get pregnant. It was just really special in so many ways. We had our careers, business, And that was all we were really focusing on and doing in that time. So there was much more space and time to be able to take care of ourselves, but also to be able to take care of each other. And I think that that is the thing that is so deeply lacking now, being a family of four, two young kids, both of us with a lot of time taken up by that and also our professional lives too is that not only do we not have enough time to take care of our own selves as people as Jesse as Randy but then we're in this partnership and we don't really have time to take care of each other either even though I feel like I'm doing a lot of caretaking for the family in general and Randy feels like he's doing a lot of take care caretaking for the family in general It's just a lot of that stuff gets passed by because it feels like things are moving quickly and there's always another thing that needs to be taken care of. So when do you think the last time was that you felt really taken care of? Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about that because I would agree it felt like that first pregnancy because 
yeah, like just you both have more time and because I feel like with the second one, it's like, no, like nothing's stopping. Like you've got a toddler who's like, <laughs> like just life hasn't stopped for them because you're pregnant. Um, and, and again, that's a lot of time from both of you that I find exactly what you were talking about, that it's just less time to take care of yourself, but then also take care of each other as like partners or as a spouse. Um, and what was interesting is this morning, you know how Facebook always pops up with like memories. Yeah. And this morning was one popped up of Andy and I eight years ago when we were on a trip to Cuba. It was us on the beach. Did and you look I said, so fresh. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so fresh. And just, I sent it to Andy and he was just like, oh my God. <laughs> it was, I was like, oh, right. Like we did those things. Um, it just seems like another lifetime ago. So yeah, I feel like that's a big part of it is yeah. Take care of yourself. And I just feel like, yeah, there's just so many people you feel need you and yeah, you just notice the time for each other and then the time to take care of yourself is like so much less or other people taking care of you is less because there's these other people that need to be taken care of too. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to read this other post from Toy that I love so much too. Anything that Toy Murray writes on motherhood, I just can't get enough of. So this one says, the memes about how tired mothers are or how their husbands are quote unquote babysitting or how mothers can't wait until they can get some wine or how there's always something for mothers to do. We make fun of it. The exhaustion, both mental and physically, the erasure, the lack of appreciation, erased, invisible. That's me and so many other mothers because if the kids are good, the mother must be good, right? We care that the kids are all right, but what does it look like for us to care about the caregivers being all right too? And I'll note that Toy is a black woman in America. She is a single mom. She is living a very different experience of motherhood than both Anita and I are. And I just want to be really clear about that. Of course, our experience is very limited to our own personal lives. And we want to constantly be thinking about what motherhood looks like for people who are not like us too. So what I found so interesting about this though, was in the comments of this post, first of all, love the post. Secondly, a friend of mine, Amber had commented on this and said, the level of self-sufficiency in motherhood is concerning for me. And that was a big light bulb for me too. Again, it's all these things that we think and say, but when they're said in a slightly different way, it can hit you a little bit harder. And this one totally did for me. This feeling of trying to be self-sufficient to some degree in motherhood to keep the family running. It's all these patriarchal and misogynistic ideas and conditioning that I find myself running up against a lot. Like somehow it's my duty to be caring for the children or to figure out what dinner is or to get the appointments or the activities scheduled. Those things are not my job. Those are family jobs in our family. That's all I can speak for. And even though that is the norm in our family, I still find myself 
like going through these stories and beliefs that because I'm the mom, that it is my job. And I constantly have to remind myself that it is not my duty to be self-sufficient, to run this family or to make the things work. And I'll just give you an example because it happened literally this morning in my life. We're in Florida right now, which is interesting that we're recording this topic because I am taking care of here because there are six adults and two children in the house right now. So there is so much family help. My parents, Randy, my sister, her boyfriend, who are all incredibly helpful people to have around. So Randy and I went to Target. We had been a little bit longer than I wanted to be because Randy was looking for some things and I could already feel like the tension in my chest being like, I want to get home now. There's people looking after the kids and I don't want to impose on them any longer than we have to. And I was feeling like a little bit tense and anxious and like I wanted to get home soon. And so we got home. And I immediately went out to the pool where everyone was because there are people taking care of the kids and I want to get there so I can help and relieve people when I don't need to be doing that. There were four capable adults who already had it handled and were enjoying their time. I'm not needed there, but it's, again, it's the sense of if I'm around, then I should be stepping up. And the difference was that Randy came in the house went and took care of three other things that he needed to do for his own self before he went to the kids. And I was so irritated by that. (laughs) But at the same time, I need to look to that as an example of more so how to behave as a mom. Because why couldn't I have taken care of my own needs first? I got really irritated after that because I was hungry and I hadn't eaten yet. And other small people needed to eat and I was making food for them and for myself and Randy was doing this other thing for his own self and I was so irritated by it but he number one I could have asked for help at any time number two I could have helped myself first and I don't and that's really the default pattern that I keep needing to try to break five years in to motherhood it just is really wild to me we have these conversations constantly and it is still like the cultural conditioning of it all that is really hard to break. Do you feel this stuff in your own life? Yeah. um, I feel like that's really interesting because I've found now since having Jack, so my second, um, my parents have moved closer to us. So there is uh, more help um, if needed. And I've definitely become more comfortable asking for their help. And even those things, how you said of like getting home and maybe doing one thing first, if, but then I say, if I'm not needed. So yeah, maybe not. Um, Because I think there's times where I do do one thing before um, the kids or something. And then, but like, I feel bad about doing that and I shouldn't. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I would say with having, cause where you are right now with having so much help, um, it's great that you're feeling more taken care of. And I do feel like having more support, more family close by with baby too, that that's been why there's been times where I have felt more taken care of. 
So that definitely is helpful. But yeah, those habits I feel like are still there or like feeling bad about taking those steps um, mm-hmm. is still there. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I notice in my own life so much too. So when we are in our normal life, we have no family around, all our childcare is always paid for. And I never feel guilty about the kids being somewhere else at day home or a babysitter in our home. I always walk back in the house at the minute that the babysitter is there until or I go to pick the kids up not a minute early. It feels different when it is paid for versus unpaid for for me. And I think that that is really interesting too. As if it is worthy because someone is getting paid for it. But if someone offers to help me, then there is some level of guilt immediately attached to that. Yeah, that's a, that's a counseling situation too. I feel this conversation will be taken care of there. Anyways, I just thought, so Randy and I had a conversation after that this morning and he said, you need to ask me when you need help instead of, or when you notice this frustration and resentment popping up, that is the time when you come to ask me, not after when you have already been irritated by the situation. And yeah, absolutely. That is the thing. And on the other side of that too, it's the, I want him to be paying attention to the other things that are going on with the kids, but his immediate default is to take care of himself first, which I think also a much bigger conversation, but the conditioning of men to take care of their own needs first and the conditioning of women to take care of everyone else needs first before taking care of your own stuff. That is a norm that we need to keep busting whenever we can. I want to also explore this topic of mom guilt. We actually haven't talked talked too much about mom guilt on the podcast, but I know we have one time And we were both talking about if we feel mom guilt pop up in our lives and at what times we do. So I know that life has changed for you quite a bit since we had that first conversation. Now you're back to work after baby Jack. So what is this like in your life right now, going back to work, two kids, having childcare a few days of the week? Are you feeling this stuff? Yeah, I would say for me, it pops up when I'm doing work outside of the clinic. Because being at the clinic, um, the days I'm here, the kids are at daycare. And I I feel great about that. Like there, I don't feel any sense of guilt being here. It's more when I'm doing yeah, outside of clinic work, so not necessarily what people consider traditional physiotherapy work. So I'm doing it on, you know, time at home, whether it's at night, um, after Jack's in bed, but before Pip is in bed. So then I have this of like, I should be spending time with her before she goes to bed, or I need to get this done. Um, so for me, that's where the guilt, um, that mom guilt idea comes in is, uh, yeah, those times where I'm like, oh, should I be working on this? Because this isn't, you know, I'm not in the clinic seeing clients. So is this, should I be spending my time doing this? But I enjoy doing it and I want to do it. Um, 
So yeah, that's, that's, I would say where it pops up for me the most. Yeah. I totally get that as if it is not important enough or is not the work that you're getting paid for during that time. Yeah. That's really interesting. So for me, again, something that Toy wrote on mom guilt, I don't have it up here, but we'll link to this post in the show notes because essentially she was acknowledging mom guilt as framing it exactly what it is. It is, again, patriarchal, misogynistic messaging. Like We call it mom guilt. That is a known term in our society. We're not having lots of conversations about dad guilt. Number one, alarm bells ring just from that. Does your husband have dad guilt? Not that I'm aware of. I could ask him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah. So Randy and I have talked about this many, many times. And he doesn't experience this on the same level. That example you gave about the work that you need to and want to be doing at those times outside the clinic, that wouldn't be a situation where Randy would feel guilt about parents guilt or dad guilt about and randy again how i was feeling that guilt crop up this morning that other people were taking care of my kids he can fully enjoy himself in those moments without these thoughts creeping in and popping up so i think this is obviously Again, these are such big issues, but I really, really appreciate how Toy talks through this as like this is not just a mom issue. This is not a mom issue that is our thing. It is so much bigger than this in the culture and societies that we live in. It is a socialized concept. It is an idea that has been created because of the way gender and binaries work in our world. So that always helps me to step back a minute when I think of that. When mom guilt pops up for me, I really think about the whys behind that, why I am feeling the things that I'm feeling right now. And one step further, if Randy would be feeling similarly. And if he wouldn't, why am I taking that on as the mom in our family or as a woman in my life? I think going back to what you said at the very beginning of once you have a baby, once you become a mom or a mom again, feeling very much not taken care of, we know that there are so many barriers that do exist to moms being and feeling taken care of in their lives. Of course, as Toy is a single mom, she has so many more barriers than we do in our two-parent families. So single moms, there are financial barriers, time, this hamster wheel of capitalism that we all exist in. But we have this conversation with my clients a lot, how to not feel guilty taking care of your own health in motherhood, and that your own needs are a family value. Does this come up for your patients? I always think about this. Your people booking appointments to come see you and then do they feel guilty for being there? Yeah, I would say that it does come up. Uh, The other way I find it comes up is when people get to the point that they feel like 
I'm ready to make this time for myself and address these issues because there's some clients I see that they've been dealing with issues for years, but they've never felt like they've been listened to about them, um, but also that they've never been able to put in that time or energy or effort for themselves because there's all these other people to be taken care of. That sometimes once they do come in and then we start addressing things, then making that next step of using what we talk about to address those issues is then can be another hurdle because maybe it means, yeah, taking those little bits of time for themselves to do something. And it's not necessarily exercise. I think that's something everyone thinks you see a physiotherapist, everything is going to be like, you have to do an hour of exercise a day. And that's not what it is. There are many different things we talk about and strategies um, and things not exercise related. And so that can often be a hurdle too, because that feels like they're taking time away um, or energy away from other people that they're meant to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is such a big topic about setting boundaries around your own health in motherhood and how vital this is for your own health and your own care. Something that has been a total game changer for me is what Aaron Brown, a mentor and colleague of mine, says is that you deserve to take care of yourself, not only so you can take better care of other people, because that is the messaging that moms are fed. When you're well taken care of, you'll be able to take care of your children or your family much better. Not that. You deserve to be taken care of and to take adequate and good and exceptional care of your own self because you are a person who deserves to be taken care of and to feel well. So it's shifting that always in my mind and the clients that I have conversations with is that you deserve to be taken care of because you are human and that is a worthy pursuit in your life. But as we wrap up here today, I know that there are so many people probably listening into this who are professionals and who are doing caretaking for moms. So when this conversation came up and when I saw this title from Toy of who's taking care of the moms, I immediately think, well, I am and Anita is. We're taking care of the moms. But then I realized that I'm also a mom myself and who is taking care of me. So if you're a professional taking care of the moms, that is beautiful. And we all appreciate that work. But then also who is taking care of you? Interestingly, I also think about this from the side of, are we always paying for moms to take care of us? And are we always paying to be taken care of? Is, there has to be more to this than always paying the professionals to take care of us in motherhood. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 